Good to be here. It's good to have you here joining us for our first Sunday service of the year. Um, some of you also were here for watch night service where we just had a good time. We just uh, worshiped, we served the Lord, we had a fellowship, and uh, just are able to, to see uh, some display their talents and just uh, enjoy our time together. Um, one of the things that we do here at Sweet Communion, and, and we want to continue for this next year, make it our goal for this year, is to step up in our faithfulness. You had a, um, two things that you saw. One is the, the uh, PowerPoint of our year in review, several things on there. And ask yourself this, the, the, the question, how many of those um, am I a part of and do I support? Um, and uh, what can I do to do more in those areas? Sweet communion needs to grow and it will grow as we all individually grow and collectively we will grow. So I want to challenge you this year to be faithful serving God and to step up your faithfulness and your service in some other areas. So we'll talk more about that in today's message. Um, so to today let's take a look in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and 31. Deuteronomy 30 and 31. We'll read chapter 30 in its entirety, and 31 will start with verse 16 through 22. If you don't have a Bible of your own, our ushers have Bibles available. They'll bring one to you if you raise your hand. You can use throughout our service. If you have your Bible, you're ready. Let's stand together as we listen to the reading of God's Word. And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you and return to the Lord your God, you and your children, and obey his voice in all that I command you today with all your heart and with all your soul. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have mercy on you, and he will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there the Lord your God will gather you, and from there he will take you. The Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it. And he will make you more prosperous and numerous than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring, so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that you may live. And the Lord your God will put all these curses on your foes and enemies who persecute you. You shall again obey the voice of the Lord and keep all his commandments that I command you today. The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand, in the fruit of your womb, and in the fruit of your cattle, and in the fruit of your ground. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, as he took delight in your fathers, when you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes that are written in this book of the law, when you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. For this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments and his statutes, and his rules, then you shall live 
and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him. For he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob to give to give them. Chapter 31, verse 16 through 22. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you are about to lie down with your fathers. Then this people will rise and whore after foreign gods among them in the land that they are entering, and they will forsake me and break my covenant that I've made with them. Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them, and they will be devoured. And many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil that they have done, because they have turned to other gods." Now, therefore, write this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the people of Israel. But when I brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, which I swore to give to their fathers, and they have eaten and are full and grown fat, they will turn to other gods and serve them and despise me and break my covenant. And when many evils and troubles have, have come upon them, this song shall comfort them as a witness, for it will live unforgotten in the mouths of their offspring. For I know what they are inclined to do even today, before I have brought them into the land that I swore to give. So Moses wrote this song the same day and taught it to the people of Israel. Our text for this morning's message is going to be the song of Moses that he wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 32. If you remain standing with me for just a moment, let's pause for a time of prayer. Father, we thank you that we can come today, this first day of the year, the first Sunday of the year to begin our Sunday, begin our week, this part of the year, in fellowship with believers, in worship to you. How beautiful a thing it is to have the opportunity to serve you in this life and bring you glory. We don't know how long we'll have that opportunity, so Lord, we want to take advantage of each time and each opportunity that we have. We pray this year for our faithfulness that would reflect your faithfulness. We pray our commitment will reflect your commitment. Our love will reflect your love. Our sacrifice and service will reflect your sacrifice and your service. Motivate, challenge urge us on to higher steps of faithfulness to you. I pray that each one of us will search our hearts, Lord, and we will find that we're not all that we could be or should be. And you require us to continue to grow in you. And we accept that and meet that challenge to grow for your glory. We do pray for those among us, Lord, who 
have sickness, disease, and physical issues. We pray for Minnie Kathy, Lola Spears, and my wife Donna, for all three, Lord, have serious issues and disease, cancer. We pray, Lord, that you would bring comfort to them. We pray for healing. We pray that you would watch over them, that you would give wisdom to medical um, people that you put in their path and that uh, you would just allow them to trust in you through the journey that you have placed them on. They might be an encouragement and inspiration to others as well. I pray for my father, E. Robert Kenner, for my father-in-law, Mac Holt, we pray for Sister Brenda Adams. These are among those who have different uh, physical issues and challenges. We just pray, Lord, your grace in each one of their lives, that you would watch over them this year, that you would allow them to be a testimony for you, allow their lives to, to inspire encourage and challenge others, especially in faith to Jesus Christ. They have loved ones, Lord, who look on and um, are watching them closely. So I pray, Lord, that you would use that opportunity to speak through their lives to bring the gospel to others, to live the gospel in front of others. And we pray for us, Lord, as, as a group, that you would just help us to do that. We are prone to wonder. We are prone to sin, and we know that, Lord. We pray that you would cause us to reflect regularly on your grace, on your goodness, on your call to us, on your sufficiency, on our insufficiency and our need for you, and your ever-present help that is available to us so that we have no excuse. Guide this group of believers that we'll stand strong in every test, trusting in you. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. The choir comes with special music. Happy New Year to you. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here to join us for service and worship this morning. I chose as a special text this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 32. Our reading earlier was to give us a bit of background for this song that Moses wrote. You can imagine Deuteronomy is like a sermon. It's a sermon of Moses, a challenge, his speech to the people of Israel. Moses has been their leader from the time that they came out of Egypt and God brought them out in that great deliverance of God. He, he took them um, through their wandering, 40 years of wandering in the desert, and now they are about to go into the land. Except things are a little bit different now. There is a new generation. That old generation was a generation that did not trust in God. They bickered along the way. They complained all through the wilderness. And God says, I'm not going to take you into the promised land. Your bodies are going to feed the, the, the wilderness out here. They're going to be planting the, planted in the wilderness. You're going to die and be buried here in the wilderness, and it's the new generation, your children, that are going, I'm going to raise them up and bring them into that land. So you can imagine that 40 years was like for Moses, 40 years of funerals. You had over a million and a half people who passed away in those 40 years, and he gave a lot of funerals. And it's this new generation that are coming up. They're the young generation. And Moses is now uh, addressing them for probably his last time. God had told Moses that he himself would not, Moses would not see, Moses would not enter 
into this land that God had promised for his people. Moses had, had, uh, had sinned before the Lord. He had lost his temper with the people. He became angry with them. And God said, Moses, that's not the way you're going to do things, and, and I'm not pleased with that. And because of that display, your lack of trust for me and, and, and patience with the people, that, you know, patience is based on trust. We get tired of waiting, don't we? <laughs> we get tired when people don't act right because we want to make them do something. But that's a lack of trust in God. You, 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 you submit yourself to God and say, God, whatever, whatever circumstance you place me in, I trust that you will provide the grace for me to work through this. And so I'm going to rely on you. Another way of saying that is I'm going to wait on you. So I may be fed up with them. But I trust God because he's working. He's not stopped working. And this situation isn't beyond him. It doesn't take him by surprise. And so I don't give up. I don't give over to bitterness and anger and, and those types of things. And, and, and Moses recognized that he had sinned. God says, you're not going to enter that land, but I'm going to raise up another leader for my people, Joshua, and he is going to enter that land. You know what's remarkable to me is the, is the attitude that Moses had towards God's way and towards Joshua. Many of us would have gotten bitter. We'd have gotten mad, and we wouldn't have helped Joshua in any kind of way. You know, I, I like watching sports, and it, it's interesting when you watch the older athletes, they know that their time is coming to an end. And uh, they, they know that their time for playing a game or winning that championship is, is, is it's, you know, it's limited. Watch how they treat the younger players and you get a real sense of their true character. Some of them is like, ain't my job to coach you. Ain't my job to show you how to play the game. Learn it on your own like I did. And some of them are more gracious, like I'm going to do everything I can to help the young guys because I've had my time. I've needed help, and someone come along and help me. But you watch, you see those two different attitudes. Moses was remarkable in that he accepted God's purpose, and he knew that Joshua was the man that, that, that God had set, and, 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 and he helped and supported Joshua in every way that he could, and get, that was God's purpose for him in, in his later days. So in this chapter, Moses is more than likely disappointed. God, Moses was a prophet. Did you know that? He was a prophet. What does it mean to be a prophet? God spoke to him and told him things that were coming. <laughs> That's what a prophet did. A prophet also, Moses was a great leader, and he led God's people in what God had in store for them. But being a prophet, God told Moses, look, I want you to lead these people. I'm going to tell you something about them. They're going to fall into great sin even after they come into the promised land. They're going to disappoint me. They're going to, in fact, anger me in their sin, and I'm going to have to judge them in a great way. So what we see here is the history of the Old Testament. Entire history. This is the picture of Israel. They are the select people of God, and yet they have turned away from God, and God judges them. But even in God's judgment, we see his grace. And the whole, the whole picture, the whole story of the Old Testament is that in God's judgment, he brings his grace to deliver his people, and the deliverer is his son, the Savior, who's come into the world. That is this Jesus. So let's take a look at this song that Moses writes. You can imagine uh, why a song would be appropriate because it's something that folks are going to remember. When you put a tune to special words, it, it, it tends to stay with you a little bit longer. It's funny how we teach our children to learn certain things, and they say, that's too long, that speech is too long, I can't learn it. But then they learn a rap that's like three times as long as that, or a song that's longer than that. And what happens is when you put something to a rhythm and music, it registers with us, and it's a good way to remember things. And that's what Moses did. He wrote a song so that they would remember. We read earlier the purpose of this song. And so um, 
let's talk a little bit about something special about Moses. So let's skip ahead a little bit to Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 5. Deuteronomy 34, 5. Are you with me? There's a very simple word there. It says this. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab. Tell you something about Moses. It says he was the servant of the Lord. That's one of the greatest testimonies and praise that God gives a person when he calls Moses a servant. A servant has a very simple job to do and is asked to do that job consistently and faithfully. People don't like being servants today. You know, we got a generation that don't know how to work, don't know how to keep a job. They can't keep a job because they won't be there on time every day. Now, if you're one of them, that's a shame because as a Christian, you should not be like that. But you should grow. Moses was called the servant of the Lord because God could give him something to do and trust him to do it. A simple task. Your first task on the job is to show up on time, ready to work. To show up on time, ready to work. Regardless of what task and what job you have, that's your task. You say, well, I got flex time. I don't have to get there at a certain time. You still got to get there. I work at home. You still got to be faithful. You won't work at home long when they find out you ain't getting the work done. You got to do it. A servant of the Lord does his job. He does his task, and God could count on him for that. And so God calls Moses the servant of the Lord. Moses was a faithful servant of God. Look at verse 10 in, in Deuteronomy 34. It says, And there has not risen a prophet since in Israel like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants, to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. You should pledge this year to be a better servant of the Lord, to be a better servant of the Lord, to be faithful serving God and the task that he has given you. I look, I look out on your faces and realize that some of us have very similar tasks and then some of us have some unique things that God has called us to do. But regardless, you ought to be faithful in serving God. You ought to be here. You ought to be on time. You ought to be accountable. You ought to be one that, that we can count on every time, on time, regular. Moses was a servant of the Lord. Moses' words, look now with me to Deuteronomy 32. We're going to read through those words, but I want to tell you on, at the onset is that his words and his song were gracious and were meant to be an encouragement and a motivation to these people. He had to tell them the truth. But the truth was to encourage and to motivate them in obedience to the Lord. You saw in the passage that we read earlier in chapter 30, how many times did he say, serve the Lord, love the Lord with all your heart. Be obedient to him. Be, be sure to do all that he's commanded you. So Moses was encouraging. He was urging them. He was pleading with them to do what is right. His song reflects that. Look at the first three verses in, in uh, Deuteronomy 32. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and let the earth hear the words of my mouth. May my teaching drop as the rain, my speech distill as the dew, like gentle rain upon the tender grass and like showers upon the earth, upon the herb. For I will proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. His words, he says, I want these words to be not like a flood, 
but like a gentle sprinkle, a shower that does much good. I want you to soak it in, and I want it to be that that produces life from you. You know, a torrid rain comes down, and it beats down on the earth, and it can cause the, the, the soil to erode. It can mess up tender plants. But a gentle rain and the dew that comes from underneath does just the opposite. It is just what the gentle, new, young plants need. It's what the older ones need as well. It's a gentle rain that falls down. And Moses uh, desires that his words be that for his audience. I can say I desire that my words, that God's word through me might be that for you. Or it may be something that's hard to to, to accept, but it's meant to urge you on to faithfulness and serving God with all of your heart. That's what it's meant. It's not meant to, to discourage you or make you just to make you feel bad. But sometimes the truth has to, has, to, has to hit you for you to realize that you need to change and you need to grow. But it's meant to stimulate you to growth, not to hurt you for the sake of hurting you. And so he starts his song with that so that they might understand what he is doing. And then it's, he calls them to remember several things. That's what a song is doing. A song is a wonderful way to meditate on something. That's why we need to be careful at what songs that we listen to. Now, I like, uh, uh, I like uh, uh, um, some of the songs. All the songs that I listen to are not necessarily religious. I like love songs. But there's times I hear a message in a song, and I say, no, I can't identify with that. See, singing about how he cheated on, on, on his woman and, 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 and how he's trying to get away with that. I don't identify with that. I ain't trying to hear that. It might have a good tone, tune to it. It might have a pleasing melody and rhythm to it. But I'm not trying to hear that. But songs are a great way to cause us to reflect, to meditate, and remember. So Moses wants them to remember several things. The first thing I want to note here is in verse 4. He says, the rock. First of all, notice in verse 3, he says, I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God. The rock, his work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Sum that up. God is faithful. He's called the rock. Rock means something that is steady. Something that is not moving and swaying and being pushed aside, but is there, is steady. It's an anchor. God is faithful. God is faithful. We can look back on 2019 and we can see God's faithfulness. We ought to be able to see it. Moses wants to remind God's people, Israel, of how God has been faithful. He's called the rock. He starts there with this visual image of who God is. You need to start your day with a visual image of who God is because you don't know what you're going to face that day. But what you do know and what you need to recognize and meditate on is no matter what you face, if you belong to God, if you're trusting in God, then God is the rock that helps you through whatever circumstances you may face that day or whatever circumstances you may face this year. When 2019 started, I had no idea that my truck would be stolen. I had no idea that I would lose $500 in church stolen from me. I had no idea that my wife would have cancer. I'm glad I didn't know all those things because they would have overwhelmed me if God had told me that all at once. But God is my rock regardless of what's happened to me. God has shown me, you know what? <laughs> In the case of my truck that was stolen that very same day, I, ran, I, I rode around on my motorcycle. And you know what? I found it. <laughs> I parked my motorcycle a block away. I got my extra set of keys. And I stole my own truck back. 
feels funny, you know, you getting in and wondering if anybody looking, you know. Like, what am I worried about them looking at me? I started my truck, drove it back, took, went home, Donna said, Donna, you got to drive me in my truck, now I got to go get my motorcycle. It wasn't two hours from the time that I woke up to the f- and thought, discovered that my driveway had an empty spot in it to where that driveway was filled again with that same truck. <laughs> God is good, isn't he? It's amazing. We were here in church in a service, and, and somebody stole $500 from, from my wife's purse. Ah, maybe you didn't know that, but now you know it. You know, I got discouraged. I said, now what people come into church and do that? I'm thinking I'm preaching, sharing God's word. At the same time, somebody's sneaking around. You know, we don't even usually have cash like that, but for some special situation we have brought where we were going to give to church in cash. We were going to give that to the Lord. And that was stolen. You know what we did? Well, I went home and I said, you know what, Lord? That money belonged to you, and I'm not going to let it go missing. I went to my second secular job, on that next day, and I said, you know what? I want to work twice as much as I normally work this week and the following week until I make up that cash amount. God allowed the grace for us to do that. We made up that cash, and we were so thankful to give that back to to, to God. It's like, yeah, Satan ain't going to win over here. I don't know what you did with that money, You're going to have to give account to it, but this replacement is to the Lord, and every dime of that will go back to God. He will not miss anything. Now, did God need that? No. He didn't have to have it. But he allowed me to to be a part of seeing that that got restored, and so that Satan couldn't smile with his smirk on his face saying, yeah, I put a dent in the church's budget. No, you didn't. Just provide another opportunity. Don and I went to the doctor's office oh, several months ago. She had a routine exam, and the doctor said he saw something that might need to be carefully examined, and we were a little scared. We went into the office, and turned out he said, no, it's nothing. It's nothing at all. It's just kind of a shadow on the picture, and we know that that's nothing to be concerned about. And so we just breathe a sigh of relief. Little did we know that one day that same year, we would hear news that wasn't as good. Another area, we discovered that, yes, she, in fact, did have cancer, and yet God provided for that. Just this week, she had a CAT scan that was done again, and it showed absolutely nothing in that area. Praise God for that. She'll start chemo this week, and that's a precaution to make sure everything is done with, and that'll continue for six months. But we just thank God for his grace, for your prayers, and his providing. God is a rock no matter what circumstances. You don't know all that you're going to face. You didn't know that at the beginning of last year. You don't know that this year. But what you can know, if you know God, that he is able to bring you out of all of it. Some things we face that can't be turned around. On November 12th, our dearly beloved Sister Beverly died. How does God give you the grace to work through that? Well, you ask Brother Charles, and you see God's grace in his life and in his face. Does he miss her? Dearly, greatly. Does God provide the strength and the grace to face a day at a time? Since that time, Charles has not missed a service, (laughs) a worship time, or opportunity to serve in any way. And though I know that's not easy, I'm not suggesting that it is. I am suggesting that his Lord is the rock that he can lean on. He's the same rock that you and I can lean on as well. And so Moses says, 
he starts us all by showing them who God is. He is that rock. But verse 5, he speaks about something else. He reminds them, yes, God is faithful, but he's reminding them that God's people, the people in general, are not. In fact, all people have a sinful tendency. That's not an excuse. Don't you dare go from this message saying, well, Pastor said I got sinful tendencies, so I guess I'm a plan on sinning. No, that's the wrong attitude. What you ought to say is, I realize how sinful my tendencies are. Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Give me strength to, to, to battle myself, my own temptation. So you reminded them they have sinful tendencies. If we forget we have sinful tendencies, we walk around like, like, like we, have, we have nothing to fear, and that's not true. We have nothing to battle, and that's not true. He reminded them of the sinful tendencies, verses 6 all the way through 14. I'm just going to pull out a few instances. Excuse me, oh, sinful tendencies is all in verse 5, so let's read that. They have dealt corruptly with him. They are no longer his children because they are blemished. They are a crooked and twisted generation. These were the same people that saw the waters of the, 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 the sea rise up and be held in place to make a wall and a path so they can walk through. They saw the ten plagues of Egypt and God deliver them. They saw God feed them with meat. God feed them with bread. God feed them with water all in the wilderness for 40 years. They saw God's provision so that the, their shoes did not even wear out in 40 years. Now, you and I can't look down on them because we know that our sinful tendencies will cause us to live in disrespectful ways to the very God that we claim to serve and to love. It's our sinful tendencies that give us excuses that we use as excuses to not serve God faithfully as we should to turn over to other things instead of full, uh, uh, complete devotion to God. We stumble over sin in our lives like Israel stumbled. Moses reminded them of these tendencies, and these tendencies are to remind them of their need for the rock, the anchor in their lives. So that we don't walk as if we have everything under control when it's God who is the one that keeps us in place. And we need to continue to worship, to serve, and depend, and to trust in him. In verses 6 through 14, he reminds them of God's tremendous grace. Verse 6, it starts off this way. Do you thus repay the Lord, you foolish and senseless people? Is not he your father who created you? He says, how do you turn away from the Lord, walk away from him, or, or, or sin towards him? Don't you recognize he is your creator? He's the one that brought you into existence. And not only that, not just in a physical way, but we can look at this as we relate to it. God is the one that has given us life and has given us eternal life. God has saved you. You know what? It's not too much to ask you to be faithful serving God. We've asked people to serve as truth seekers. 
in that ministry. We've had individuals act as if that's too much. That's too much to do. What, you expect me now to be here on Wednesday, early every Wednesday? Really? That's too much. Or they serve as if I need a day off. Let's make it a snow day today so we ain't got to come in. Really? Is it too much to ask? Is it too much to serve? I can't, you know, I don't want to be, no, don't, don't put me down for every week. Really? Is it too much to ask? We have tried to, to, to move our service in our Wednesday so that we have a component for our young people and for our youth, but we struggle to find adults who want to serve in that, and then our Adult service is depleted and we struggle to find people who are going to be faithful to serving that. Is that too much to ask? How many of you plan on coming back tonight? Is that too much to ask? Well, one service a Sunday is enough. Really? Is that too much to ask? He reminds them it is God who brought us out of sin and saved us and delivered that from us, gave us a job that we use as excuse not to be at church so we can pay our bills. And that's too much to ask. We want to say, Pastor, am I faithful? I said, no, you're not. Whoa, 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 what do you mean? Is that too much to ask? That you serve faithfully. You know, we get spiritual. I'm serving the Lord. No, you're not. If you're not serving God's people in the way that he's asked you to, giving you the opportunity, you're not serving him. You're serving yourself and doing what you want to do. Now, I could be at home watching the playoff games tonight. I can be doing something else during the week. I can be doing my thing. You could be doing your thing. But God wants us to commit and to sacrifice for his service. And he says, is that too much to ask? To be faithful serving the Lord. So we need to recognize we have sinful tendencies that push away from what God would have us to do. And we don't even like nobody telling us that. But that's where we are. And God says, I want you to serve me with all your heart. We shoot for 70 at Sunday school. And we very rarely get there. But I count and I know we got 70 folks. If we get our butts out of bed and make it a priority to be here, and it's not for the sake of meeting 70. It's that our children will grow learning the word of God. Amen. And that they would see a faithfulness in us that they can mimic. Our children aren't here because they don't have a driver's license to get here. And they don't have the freedom to get out of bed and walk out of your house when you ain't giving them permission to get to church on their own. So you got to get them here. Is that too much to ask? Now you can sigh. And you can say, oh man, this is rough. This is tough. This is life. <laughs> this is life. We sigh, you know, <laughs> we sigh when Andy gets up and talks about our finances. Oh, man. Church always asking for money. <laughs> no, that really ain't true. Church asks for money because it's our responsibility to ask you to give in a meaningful way. You know the people who don't ask for money? It's the government. They just take it. They just take it out of your check and they say, if you don't pay me, you're going to jail. <laughs> I'm serious. That's what they do. And each year, they find ways to take a little bit more and a little bit more and tell you to vote for them. 
because you're going to get something free out of it. But God says, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask because I want to see that you're willing. Now, God could just take it. In fact, God don't need it. He could do whatever he wants to do, but he does it his way to see if his people love him enough to sacrifice. And he asks again, is that too much to ask? The answer is no. It's not. No, it's not. We need to pray, Lord, help my attitude so that I come to the place where I'm willing to serve you with all that I have so that I reflect your faithfulness because you gave of yourself, your son, all that he had, his life for me. May I have that attitude that reflects your attitude. So I'm not going to get through this today. I know that. <laughs> and I'm not going to rush it. I'll say more about this tonight then if you are faithful and come out and serve tonight. We'll also do some questions and answers tonight. So I have some that's already been written. We'll take, we'll take some of those uh, for discussion. And, and uh, I guarantee those, those discussions are fruitful to talk about God's word. So let me just, just close with this challenge to you. Challenge is already given. God wants us to grow. I, I ask this question. These, these, these seats and these pews ought to be more filled. And I ask, is that too much to ask? And certainly it isn't. Because I see people who do all types of things. I have a, uh, there's a building close to my house that is a, it's a building that often gets rent, rented out for events and for different things. And so I ride past there and, and quite often, it's hard to get my truck through there. There's so many people parked along the street that the place is crowded. And I'm, I'm wondering, like, what's going on here? What's going on today? Ooh, they having some fun. And I, 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 can't, I can't help it. I can't help it. I think, man, if I can get folks in church like that to really serve God, to really do something that really means something, that's going to count for eternity. That's going to help someone else see their testimony and example and be ushered into the kingdom of heaven. If I can help the gospel get out in, in, in more ways simply because we have more people to do the work that God wants us to do to impact more people. Like, wow! So, short of it is, yeah. You ought not to be so comfortable with so spread out so that nobody's touching you on either side. It ought to be more folks in here. Amen. <laughs> is that too much to ask? Sometimes I say that to God. Is that too much to ask? Said, no, I'm asking you of it. When are you going to come through? When are you going to do what needs to be done to fill this place so that the gospel can be effective going out? So we have to worry about if we have the, the resources to fix our roof so that we can keep on uh, living and in, 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 in worshiping in this place. We don't have to worry about if we have the resources so that folks don't have to take of their own selves to supply the nursery. The resources so folks who take care of the outside of the building don't have to pitch in their own funds to, to, to buy the equipment they need and do the work that they need and plant the, the, the flowers and the things that make things look beautiful. They don't have to do that of themselves, but that God's work would supply it the way that it should. I long for those days. <laughs> I urge you to step up faithfulness in every area because God is faithful. Moses looked at this generation and he said, wow. It's almost like he wanted to say, I don't know what's going to become of y'all, but he knew. Can I skip to the summary part and just wrap things up in Deuteronomy 32 verse 44 Moses came and recited all the words of this song in the hearing of the people he and Joshua the son of Nun and when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel he said to them take to heart all the words by which I am warning you today that you may command them to your children he's talking to a second generation whose parents didn't set a good example. And he says, 
Make sure that your children get the right example. That they may be careful to do all the words of this law. Verse 47, for it is no empty word for you, but your very life. used to watch the Charlie Brown cartoon. And in the Charlie Brown cartoon, if you watch it closely, when the adults are talking, it's you can't understand it. It's like empty words. So it's like the kids are all tuned out. Whatever adults are saying, no words. Moses says, I ain't Charlie Brown adult cartoon. It's not empty words. He says, this is your very life. He says, consider it. Consider it. Remember. Reflect. And refresh. Remember who God is, what our sinful tendencies are. Reflect. Take some time out each day to read God's word, to pray, to meditate on what God is saying. Reflect on it. Think about what happened. Think about what God is doing. Think about what you ought to be doing. Reflect. Refresh yourself. Refresh yourself. Encourage yourself in God's word. Encourage yourself that God wants to and is doing his work, and he wants to use you. Are you willing? Make yourself willing to God. Father, we thank you for your word today. <laughs> we pray that you would encourage our hearts. Moses meant it to encourage, to motivate. I mean to motivate, to encourage like a gentle rain. Now I pray, Lord, that your people would hear. They would respond this year. Thank you for those here today. We pray, Lord, that we be challenged to step up our faithfulness, step up our obedience, step up our commitment, step up our giving in every way. We pray that you might be glorified. This is because, Lord, we know what you have done for us through your son, Jesus. We want to see more come to trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. And have you as their rock as we do. To do that, we need to serve you faithfully. So help us in this journey this year to trust in you, to depend on you, and to mirror your faithfulness to us and a faithfulness in our own service and commitment. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.